We are. It's a Blake Seven podcast, by the way. Yes. With fighting dogs in the background. Yes, it's, not, it's actually a dog-based podcast. Not the really fighting. Can we not, more, please? Guys, chill, um, children. Um, <laughs> depending on whether or not we can stop these dogs from fighting. Um, Today's podcast day. We uh, have a few things we wanted to say, I think. Yes, we do. Um, um, first thing was, oh, we've um, joined a, a Facebook Blake Seven fan group. And, um, They've all been really super lovely and very um, welcoming and chatty about yeah. stuff. And Great. the title of our podcast got a little bit of attention. It's classically awful, and we thought we'd just talk a bit about where it came where from. Where it came from, and it was a Clive James quote from a Clive James review of Blake Seven. And Clive James um, was not friendly about it. He was very actually. Rereading the article, yeah. extraordinarily sexist and horrible. And, horrible. Really. and I have to say too, we had picked the name for the podcast before we'd read the entire Clive James critique, uh, but now it's too late to go back. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, it's a really good name. Um, yes, and it doesn't refer to the show as such. I mean, we love the show. Yeah. Uh, it mainly refers to us nattering on about the show, yeah. basically. <laughs> it's, a, it's describing us as classically awful as much, if not more. Than describing the, yes. the show as classically awful, and um, yeah, this again, it comes from a place of love. We absolutely adore the show, yeah. and there's the classically aspects of it, which are you know they're all classically trained actors. It's got a very RSC feel to it. It's got lots of classic BBC feel to it and classic sci-fi feel to lots it. Lots of good classic sci-fi tropes as well. Yeah. So there's lots of things it. that are classically classic about it. Yes. Um, and but also, there are also some awful things. There's awful things, like yeah. special effects and not passing the Bechdel test and... Being um, uh, 1970s racist and 1976 sexist. Yeah, only in the 80s stuff. Some of that, mm. you know, being in, being shot in the 80s before racism was bad. Yeah. And before sexism so was bad. So I suppose what we're saying is we're bringing a modern uh, feminist... Lens. 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 Of, to, to, to a classic show. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was not. We definitely don't feel like and it's look, a bad show. In some Otherwise, you wouldn't be wasting so much time <laughs> watching it, talking about it. But look, I have to say too that I mean, in many respects, it was ahead of its time and not racist. I mean, it's got women characters. It's mm. got a black woman character that arrives a bit later on, um, and it's got a strong female antagonist, which who we meet today. We do very exciting. But so. before we get into that, uh, I thought we should open some cards. Maybe. Yes. No. Your game of skill. Everybody plays the game. And before we get into opening the cards, we have to say what happened when we opened the packet. Well, I got it. I, I was very weak and I bought a new box because I wanted it. And <laughs> I, I opened the box, and inside the box there was a limited edition uh, signed costume card. Oh, Jacqueline Pierce, who we will meet today. today. And it's a fantastic thing. I've put, posted a picture of it in the Facebook group. I'll post it on the website I as well. I think I've stuck mine up on Twitter as well, mm -hmm. yeah. at Megalula. And um, I mean, it is a great sign. You can actually tell where the Sharpie has been. Where it has touched um, the, the board. Where Jacqueline Pierce has touched this card. And it has, um, in the middle of it, what is allegedly a swatch of cloth from one of her costumes. It's a Which nice white one. Wildly exciting. It's just too exciting. Well, we, we did have a bit of a. Um, I had a little meltdown. <laughs> I was yeah. We the idea that them. we might have touched something that has touched Serverland's yeah. flesh was a bit was, was a bit, a bit much. As Serverland would say, how diverting. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it's just it's beyond awesomeness. It's so cool, it and we love it. And it made it made my week. It I, made my week. It was too. all over my Facebook. Nobody understood what on earth I was crapping on about. Or a couple of people maybe. Well, only our, our, our fellow of, Blake Seven friends. A handful of nerds that have known us since the since the nineties. Um, so yeah, super super exciting. So I can't wait to get into these cards. Who's going first? You go first. I'm going first. So it looks like there won't be any signed ones in these packets. It looks like the signed ones. No, this is a special edition one. Oh. The signed ones are different. I had a look at that. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So the special edition two, just before I get into opening these ones, I've opened it, but I'm not going to look yet. Um, um, the special edition one, I looked on eBay because we had been looking on eBay to see how much uh, Natural Blessed was mm -hmm. worth, um, which is less than this one. Apparently this one fetches £100. Mm -hmm. Or £89, I think. It £89, pounds, so 100 bucks Australian. Mm. Which is, you know, basically, we, I've, I've quit my job for the time being, but yeah. we can all quit our jobs, yeah. essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's right, retire. <laughs> <laughs> become become trading card millionaires. That's all right. So it's very exciting. Okay, so now I'm going to open my cards. Okay, we've got here, first one, exciting one. Oh, happy with this one. Avon and Del Grant. Now we meet... Del Grant in what series three? No, we meet him in series two. Oh, okay. Um, but but there's implications. Don't eat my chair, puppy. Um, implications that go to series three. Yeah, it's sort of a bit of a story arc of who Del Grant is. Now he, the actor who plays Del Grant, shows up in lots of Midsummer Murders episodes. Um, I'm going to have to watch certain. some Midsummer Murders, aren't I? So we're going to have to do um, as does a character we meet next. Uh, my next card is Gola from Goth. He's the Goth chief. <laughs> That's a funny episode. There's a big scar on his head from where a cyber surgeon has fixed his brain. Not anyway. particularly well, but yeah. Yeah, and so this is one of those episodes where they've just raided the BBC costume, costume department <laughs> for goth-like clothing. Or not not goth, as in emo goth. Goth as in the goths. Goth as in the, the, the busy goths. goths. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So he's not much. Oh no, one of my least favourite characters next. It's oh it's god! Zil. It's Zill. Zil. This is from the episode Trial, which is a one of those episodes of two halves. Again, yes. one half, the half featuring poor Zill, who's a fine actor, but asked the to do something. Just oh, such a ridiculous it really piece is of crap. No yeah. good. But the other half of that episode is awesome. But you know, good on them for including Zill. They didn't get Zill's signature though. That's a bit annoying. I would have liked Zill to sign that one. None of these are signed so far, or special in any way. Um, and I've just got one that's called Teleport. It's just... Blake with a white line around him. Blake with a white line around him. And it's from the episode Mission to Destiny, which is coming up Very next. soon, yes. First broadcast, 13th of February, 1978. Um, so they cracked through them, it seems. Anyway, uh, so there we go. That's that's him. And there's nobody sort of... The one with Zill has sort of Kelly in... They've, they've got the main picture, and then in the bottom left-hand side... They've got another character, and it's Callie for some reason in this one, and she just barely features in this episode at all, so I don't even know why. Anyway, just for reasons unknown. The Blake teleport one is from Mission to Destiny, and it's got Avon in the bottom right-hand corner, but it's Blake with a white line around him, which is what happens when you teleport. Yes. You just do a white outline, and then you materialise. And Avon's in the bottom left-hand corner of that one, but he is in that episode quite a bit. And then we've just got one called Liberator. Huh. With cool. Jenna in the bottom. And it's from the Star One episode, not that you would know. The green thing in the background is, is that Star, Star One? One. Yeah. Oh, okay, alright. So that's from Star One. First broadcast, 3rd of April 1979. So there you go. I'm going Those now. Are my five. 
I'm going now. Oh, no, double up, so I don't think unless Mr. No, Goff. No, no, no. Mr. Goff is a double up, I don't know. I don't no, know. we we got another one from Goff, but we're not Goff. We're not him. Okay. Ooh! No, no yes. way, no fucking way. I have found a very scarce original plate. Ha! Of what? Of, do you know, I mean a print plate for Blake 7 of the weird dudes from the last episode. The web. What does that even mean? Unstoppable cards. They found a very scarce, genuine original print plate. What sure. That does that mean? Oh, this is what they printed the other cards from. Oh. I think. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We'll okay. have to put a picture of that up too. That's weird. Okay. Cool. We'll have to eBay too. Actually, I'm not going to. I don't, I don't think it'll be worth me. I don't think it's worth it. No. Anyway. And then I've got Travis and Amu. That's Gila and yes. Navara or Navara. Nevada. Navara and Gila. They're Gila monster and Nevada. So I've got Travis and a Mutoid, and that's from Jewel, which is coming up the episode after next. Yeah. I have Moloch the Crimo. Oh, cool. Crimo. Yeah, he's not a good-looking man, is he? No. So he's he is, but he is a, a true Crimo because he yeah. enjoys inflicting pain. Yeah. Um, and that's from Hostage, which is another one of those weirdo episodes. From two parts. Uh, yeah. Then I've got oh Avon sabotaging the ship. Oh, okay, sabotage. That's from um, Spaceful, when, okay. he, when he sabotages the computer after cool. he crawls up through the, um, the shaving cream of death do... column yep. thing. Yep. And and a mystery mystery card, which is, I'll have to... Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to this episode, we'll describe This is going to be one of those episodes where we just rip into the costuming because it's no mystery at all, really. No, it? it's this guy who's got bandages, bandages on his face. all over his head. And, 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 and a, um, a googly eye. Yeah, a googly eye. Yeah, a glass eye. And that's from Voice from the Past. And yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a mystery behind that, but I won't spoil it for you because you know. Which I quite like. I quite like that episode. Voice from the Past. There's some good bits of it, but there's some really weird stuff. It's in very it. strange, yeah. isn't it? But then that's kind of the same with every single. Yeah, okay, so I'll look at this plate card. So you reckon. Um, yeah, I reckon that's what they printed the other ones from. I'm just going to copy a few of Anyway, we'll put a photo of it up. Well, I, I'm not a trading card expert, so I don't know exactly what it is, no. but we can look it up and find out. Friend or foe, but this is from, that's from the web. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Right now, our little collection is growing. No double ups that time, which is no. awesome. And another special. Come on, so exciting. So exciting. Um, okay, so. Um, so now we're going to move on to Seek, Locate, Destroy. Um, okay. So, yeah, opening it's, scene. At Kentaro. Which is very, very clearly meant to be a communications base, but very, very clearly an oil uh, refinery. Yes, very clearly an oil refinery. With, it's somewhere in the, the north of England again. Yeah, <laughs> it looks cold. It does look cold. It looks um, cold. We could, you know, deter people from going there, which is probably, you know, a good thing for somewhere that you want to keep secure. But yeah, we get a, a shot of an extraordinarily interesting-looking robot. Yeah, this robot turns up again in other places. It's it's not too bad, but it is that whole Dalek problem of it rolls around on wheels, and what hap- all you have to do to get away from it is go up some stairs or climb something. Yeah. I mean, it has got gun- a gun on it, I suppose, that shoots fire. Yeah. That was pretty funny, though, too, because it shoots fire at a, at a, at a swinging cord. And a swinging and... rope. So it's clearly like whatever moves, you kill. Yeah. And it could be... Yeah, anyway. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's a pretty crappy, crappy robot. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Blake's about to head on down there. Yeah, well, Blake's in. Blake, you see Blake sort of hiding, just lurking in the background. Oh, he gets he gets materialised down there, I think. Yeah, and then you see him lurking sort in the background, hiding. trying to hide from this, from this the robot. robot. And then they send Villa down with his esky, and he says, oh, "I've got a better plan. I'd like to run away." <laughs> and and um and then Gan Gan gets un 
unreasonably, maybe it's because he never gets any lines, poor David Jackson, gang gets unreasonably cranky and goes, go on, fella! <laughs> For no real reason. Like, oh. it's sort of... And then everybody keeps asking if he's ready and he's like, yeah, yeah, well, I'm ready, whatever. He's got his, so it's he's a, got it's his esky all packed. It's yeah. sort of, I don't know. It's, it's a running theme that he's never ready to go down because he doesn't want to go. Yeah, he's um, sort of trying to... He's trying to avoid being... Procrastinate. So anyway, I just thought Cranky Gang was just sort of a bit out of place in that scene. Maybe, um, there'd be, no, maybe there was a bit extra script there where they had a bit of to and fro before we went down. Yeah, I edited it out. Maybe. Um, and then, yeah, so then Villa heads down and they bounce around for a bit. Oh God, yeah, this is the worst bit because they're trying to get into the they're trying to get into the communication centre, um, or whatever it is. It's not a communication centre. That was last time. It's some no, it's, it's some sort of yeah maybe another communication, communication centre. Yeah. Um, they're trying to get inside. Villa uses his esky stuff on on an extraordinarily rickety wire gate. Right. Which looks like something oh. we're keeping cows. It's there's just got it's just got a big sign on it saying top security and not even proper joined up letters. You know when you used to spray paint over a you know a decal. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's yeah anyway. It, 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 I can't think of anything that screams top security less than a wire than gate that, than that gate and that sign. No. Um, but apparently it's very sophisticatedly locked and yes. Villa has to use a large number of tools from his esky to go get it open. And you can't climb over the top of it. No, there'd be detector devices because not there'd be a detector. They do. He says it. he says that he says uh, we could just climb over it and and Blake says no. There's oh no, there's bound to be lots of security devices on it. None that we can see. Yeah, Maybe there aren't. Right. But, you know. Yeah. So anyway, they just did the best that they could with that particular gate at the oil refinery. So um, I think it's so cool. Then they have to hide from the robot that comes past, uh-huh. and they do that. Um, or Blake does that just by lying down on the ground. <laughs> just by lying down that's yeah, apparently yeah. sufficient he doesn't even get out of the way so yeah, yeah. I'm evicting the dogs because they're too noisy yeah so he just, he just lies down and he says Villa get out of the way you know, get, take cover and um, uh, do, doesn't see what happens but Villa's apparently secreted himself in another doorway that he's opened the lock to he says there's not a there's not a lock I can't open if I'm scared enough Villa has he gone how did you get in there there isn't a lock I can't open if I'm scared enough. Yeah. So, which is nice. Nice to know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, get a bit of, we get a bit of scene there where they're running through the complex and then the rest of the crew t- teleport down, leaving Jenna up top. And they're there, obviously, to blow something up. Yeah. And that's what Villa says when he tries to do that stupid distraction. Oh, my goodness, it's so bad. Yeah, he, t- he sort of they walks have... straight up to a couple of guards. and Yeah, the worst, I've put here, it's the worst plan to get past the guards. Yeah, I think I've, got, I've, got, I've written down, bad distraction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just explains that he's there to blow something up and he used to be a thief, but now he's gotten into sabotage. And this is, I mean, I don't, why the guards don't instantly shoot him? Yeah, I would have instantly um, shot him. And then Blake sort of sneaks up on one guard and Villa uses his esky to thump the other guard on the head. Which means and that those ha- those helmets that they're wearing are pretty damn yeah, useless. Ineffective. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, um, so they find... go inside. They find this particular room that they need to find. Blake's very keen on this particular room being empty of people. So Callie takes all of the uh, workmen who are in there out, um, and Callie and Gan do that, and yeah. put them into a different room. But while... before that, Jenna puts everybody down after putting a voice locator on Blake's location. And Jenna puts them all down and then she's sort of relegated to being the housewife in space. She just sort of sits there and takes waits. notes yeah. and waits. Yeah, she does have a little notebook, doesn't she? A little notebook, yeah. So she's to be taking notes, much like shopping we list. do. Yeah, just writing a shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> to-do list. <laughs> to-do list. Doing the family calendar. Don't, 
<laughs> get caught by the Federation. And yeah. yes, um, so they're all down there to blow this place up, but the, it emerges while they're down there that they're not just there to blow it up, they're there to, to steal something. And Blake's very keen for the room that they're in to be completely and utterly destroyed so that nothing can be recognised because if the um, Federation go through and find out that this thing is miss- missing, then the whole point of the exercise yeah, will have been They're trying missed. to steal a cipher machine. And Blake but we find out, that out later on, don't we? No, no, no. I think that if they, we need to destroy the whole room because if they find out the cipher machine is missing, they'll just change the code and it will be worse, worthless. Hmm. Um, uh, but I've just, from having worked in the most basic of, you know, jobs where you have, you know, passwords and things, you change your yeah, if someone attacks, pretty, you'd check that. Yeah, yeah. If you got, if you got your, if you were working at Macca's, and you fire somebody, and there's a code for the door, you change the code, or you change the code routinely anyway. Or maybe some places don't. It just depends. But you, you think for the whole communications place for the, the federation, they would. I'm gonna try. Let's hope these dogs are a bit better behaved. Um. Anyway, I just thought no, that that would be the first thing you do if the room would contain the cipher machine being blown up. Mm, change your code. Yeah, anyway, but that, don't do that. Doesn't it's matter. The Federation, and it's not that wouldn't be plot. Yeah, plotty. So then the guards that Blake and Avon have thumped on the head wake up and set off alarms. And I put here unusual heroicism from Villa because he works out that one of the guards is awake by doing a little check, a little scout. And he chases this guard all the way to an alarm button, which for some reason is fifty meters away from cipher room, and uh, then. Um, you don't actually see it. Then he, the guard still sets off the alarm. The alarm starts going, but then Villa thumps him, and the guard passes out again. Yeah, Villa, uh, Villa acting under pressure there. Did, yeah, managed to do and, you know, a pretty good role. Gives him shit for being a coward, but he was pretty pretty decent there. Yep. Um, what happens now is oh, while this is all going on, Kelly's in the other room with the prisoners, and <laughs> there's a really oh Cosmo, come here. There's a really cool bit where. Um, Every time she sort of gets vaguely distracted, this one guy um, sort of tries to reach for something to throw at her. And it looks like a little um, water bottle, doesn't it? Yeah, like one of those... A silver canister of water bottles. And he wants to throw it at her, but every every time he nearly gets to it, she comes up behind him until finally, as the alarms are all going off and she gets very distracted, he manages to get it and thump her and and they have a little Blake 7 fight. Yeah, Blake 7 fight. And actually she gets the shit kicked out of her. She does. My husband called it... um, Crap, crap food because <laughs> she was not very good don't um i'm not i actually now i'm having to hold my dog's tail just so you know because she wags it so freaking hard that it makes a noise audible across the street yes anyway they're being yeah. monstrous today actually they are not anyway. being good dogs today oh well hopefully it doesn't make too hope much. you guys don't hope mind having a dog pod- podcast half, half dog podcast half blake seven podcast this morning um Yes, yeah, so, so but then she, so they belt the shit out of her. Yeah. She passes out and they leave one guard with her and then he takes his helmet off and sort of relaxes and doesn't see her get up and then she belts the, she does some crap through on him. Yeah, and she actually belts the shit and out she of does, him. She gets some but in the process of belting the shit out of him, drops her teleport bracelet. That's right. And in the meantime, back in the communication room, Gan is ripping this piece of equipment out. It's secured by something that I can't quite fathom. Damn! Better stand back. Faison, keep an eye on the door. Of the console by hand, which I'm pretty sure is not, you know, 
Yeah. He's violating the warranty doing that. That's right. I don't think you should have opened it up. I don't think Apple's going to replace that. No. (laughs) Apple won't replace that. Not even Apple Care will save you on that one. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, So he rips this thing out. They're ready to go. They they teleport up. Uh, Callie has still not got her bracelet and the bombs go off. Yeah. And she gets left lying in the rubble. She's lying in the rubble, which is, you know, I mean, considering the number of explosives that they put up there. But they didn't put them in that room. They put them in the hall outside and they, they put them in the cipher room. But the cipher room is remarkably well off as well, really. Yeah, I considering. mean, considering. The whole place should have exploded, but it didn't. Anyway, so they get, they get teleported back up again and Ka- Callie's been left behind. Um, and they discover that after a little while. Yes. Yeah, so um, they, oh, they, they have a look at it and they show it to Jenna and Jenna's like, oh, it doesn't look like much. And What like, it does look like is like a... Um, what does it look like? It looks like a rolling pin with, 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 buttons, with on buttons on it. Yeah, A silver rolling pin yeah. with buttons it's, on it. I thought it's like more of a hexagonal, hexagonal yeah. And it's got lots of little cords coming out the ends, which yeah. they use later to connect up to the ship. And so then there's some um, techno babble about him hooking it into the communications setup, and then they're able to hear everything. And um, Blake tells say. Avon to go and start on that, and Callie can help you. And this is when they notice that Callie's not, not there. on board. Has anyone seen her? No. It's almost too easy, isn't it? A lot can happen in seven hours, so I suggest we get back to business. Avon, I want you to make a start with that. Callie can help you. Where is Callie? Anybody see where she went? Has anybody seen her since she came back on board? She's not on board. That means she's still down there. And Blake immediately wants to turn around and go back. But Avon is very, very... She's already dead. She's in the room when the charge is blown. You'll kill all of us if we go back. And Avon sees the logic of that. If you turn this ship round, you will kill all of us. And, um. Blake's not happy about it at all. No. Um, but you know. They, that's what they do. They head off. They stick the cipher machine in. But in, after that. No, um, well, before they stick the cipher machine, we get our first cut to. Space, space, space command. command, which looks like a big a, donut in space, a silver bagel. Yeah, big Sil- bagel, bagel, silver space. space bagel, a silver space bagel in space, and um, it's just sort of this rotating thing, space stationy thing. Um, it's quite good, really. I mean, it's you good. Can, you can tell it's a model, but it's a good um, model. Yeah, but it's pretty good. Like it's a it's a believable structure as well for what a space station might yeah, look like. In the yeah, yeah. It's got. It's obviously got um, uh, gravity. That's gravity that's spun. done by its spirally spinning around sort of thing mm-hmm. and so you cut and you see you go you've got Servalan and Rontaine and Burkle, Burkle but who are, who are recurring characters although not desperately not recurring often, twice you can only see them once more up this. yeah but they're great they're like uh, they, they look like... like a foil for everybody else they're kind of semi-comic um and they're like the chorus they sort of comment on what's the politics behind it all and mm. and they're there to talk to Servalan about the Blake problem. Yeah. And At the behest of the president of the Federation. Because yeah, whom we never ever see. No, you don't, do you? Nope. Um so they're sort of the president's representatives. And Servalan, who we've just we've just sort of brushed over the fact that this is what we this stunning young woman with short black hair and big eyes and and, and just great makeup great and makeup and a beautiful fantastic white dress. frocks and um, she is also kind of terrifying in in in, in a very yeah, competent she's way very cold and competent and um takes these guys down a peg and um looking amazing while doing it and um she's like yeah i get it you know 
I totally get it. I've got it under control. I've got this space commander Travis coming in to sort out this sort this shit out. And they get a bit icky about Travis because it turns out that he is um, a war criminal, basically. Or about to stand trial for the massacre of civilians on some. Sircaster. Sircaster. Yes. Was it Sircaster? Yeah. I don't know. Was it, do they say Sircaster on this one? Or... They don't think they do, but, but he says it later on in trial. And also, he could have easy, just as easily killed a whole bunch of civilians on a number of other planets. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty obvious that killing civilians is something that he does. He gets up, he gets up, well, that's sort of, that's part of the, that's part of the position description yes. for him. <laughs> Space Commander Travis and will kill civilians, yeah, no extra pay required. That's right. He's... What does she go to? Um, Servan says he's an advocate of total war. Ruthless. Committed. He does his duty as he sees it, and he sees it clearly. He has no time for the dirty grey areas of your politics. That's right, yeah. Which, yeah anyway. An enemy does not stop being an enemy simply because he has surrendered, is yeah, what that's right. she says. And that's not yeah. really... I don't think the Geneva Convention is no. up on that. No, I don't think that it would be. But maybe federations have different international or interplanetary... But it's kind of heartening to see that these two are... Uh, kind of against that like you see you yeah. kind of, every now and then you get glimpses into the inner workings of the federation irksome stuff that that aren't as bad as blake thinks they are yeah. or like if we, like in that first episode the way back the, the the lawyer is obviously living a lovely life with his wife and, yeah um and is also absolutely outraged at the idea that anyone in the government would do the things that, that obviously yeah. they've done so, so there's the wool totally pulled over his eyes but he's still living you know a relatively free and happy life. Living his best life. Yes. <laughs> With his sexy wife who then gets murdered, yeah. murdered alongside right, him. Right up to the point <laughs> in which he gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the point is that uh, these two dudes uh, are raising concerns because he is a war criminal. And um, that that comes up a bit later as And well. she's like, oh, you know, I've satisfied myself that it's all okay and he's the best man for the job. And they do see that he's probably the best man at the job. Too. Job over there. Um, and, but then, uh, so they, they piss off back to Earth. An interesting timeline here because they refer to the destruction of the base, the communications base, and how that's a big problem. Um, but it's only been seven hours because they've outrun the, and they've cut back to the... the well, Space Command would have to be fairly close to Earth. Yeah, probably. But it would. wouldn't be very close to Kentro, so that's, yeah, I don't know. Of, maybe, yeah. maybe it's one of the inner planets. We just... Yes, yeah, so I get too caught up in that sort of stuff. I just I need to know distances, times. Can <laughs> you tell me yeah, where it is? That's right. Tell me where. It is. Anyway, so seven hours later, they're already there. Same with presidents worried about Kentaro, and they haven't found Callie yet on Kentaro because no, Paris hasn't turned up yet. No, and uh, anyway, so they cut back to the. Um, they cut back to Blake on the Liberator and beam. Jenna has a bit of philosophy about you know you've got to make peace with yourself if you want to survive and. It's a bit more of that word salad. More word salad stuff. stuff, yeah. It's like you've got to do this if you want, you know. She wasn't a child and you shouldn't feel guilt and she, you know, whatever. She was ashamed to go back to her own people because she had survived when the rest of the freedom fighters were massacred. Well, that wasn't her fault. Shame like hers isn't emotion, Jenna. It isn't rational. Exactly, and so is guilt like yours. That's not rational either. It's ironic, isn't it? She was the only one of us who wasn't a convicted criminal. She convicted herself. You can't live like that. You've got to make peace with yourself, Blake, if you want to survive. She got some lines. Like she did, and, and the, the I'll, I'll put in a little thing of what she says because it's actually quite, quite. It's better than the word salad from last episode. Yeah, that's for sure. That's true. She's actually. I get the sense that she's actually quite considerably brighter than Blake. 
<laughs> yeah. Blake's one of those guys who has a lot of... What's the word? A lot of ideals, but not much sense. Yeah, or not no, no, not a really good... Um, not not really that great at articulating them. Yeah, a bit like a bit like I'm feeling at the moment. Trying to articulate. Yeah. Is, is something 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 <laughs> something something freedom something fighter. fighter? Something 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 <laughs> evangelist. Something something. Um, uh, yes. So anyway, then you cut back to Stop Space it. Command and um, this guy called Ray. Oh, is that right now? Yeah. It yes. Is. Oh my god. He turns up to say that Space Kind of Travis is coming along, and he's not happy about it. He and he and then he has this big long chat with her. It's quite clear that they've they've been DTF. Been yeah, yeah, they've they been, been DTF for. Uh, she's like, oh, Ray, I thought we were old friends, and he's like, yes, of course we are, and I value our friendship. But why so formal, Ray? What can be so important that we can't discuss it in a more relaxed way? But this Travis dude's a real. A real asshole, and the, the, the um, <laughs> it's quite interesting. The whole the dynamic between them is very funny because it's the sort of dynamic you would see normally with a creepy old dude and a young officer. Yes, and they've done it really, really well because it's Serverlan being obviously I've... having exploited her position to get shag this bed. guy. Yeah, this, this guy, and she's treating him exactly the same sort of way that um, that, that a creepy old dude would treat her. Yeah, like he she she pushes his hair behind his. Ear yeah, and she, yeah, she, she yeah. touches the edge of his uniform and it's very, it's super duper creepy. But yeah, a really really interesting. It's me. It's me too creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he, she, he's, she's basically um, sexually harassing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically yeah, sexual harassment in the workplace. Um, just so you know, but it was the eighties before it was bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> when you were meant, to, but then again, it, sexual harassment towards a blue boy. They switched it on its head. Yeah. So it, it's obviously yeah, meant to. It's meant to look. It's meant to look like it's weird and bad, which is, I think, one of the points where they've actually made a really good commentary on the whole. Yeah, but it power doesn't, and it doesn't feel that bad, I guess. Well, he seems fairly up up with it and happy about it. Yeah, I'm sure there was consent there, but there's still like power imbalance. Yeah. But I think too, um, when he says, oh, there's a number of officers that will refuse to serve with him, she um, will not have a bar of that. And she says, if, they, if anybody you know, carries on with that sort of shit... Then I, that's mutiny, and you can tell everybody. And she's clearly referring to him as well. Yeah, you can tell so everybody that matter. I've said this. Doesn't matter how many times. Everybody has. He's also now commander in chief of this space station, and you know everybody is on board. Um, fit in or fuck off. I have also appointed him senior executive officer of this station. Is that clear? Yes, Supreme Commander. Let them know too that any lack of cooperation. Any hesitation in responding to an order will be treated as mutiny. Let them know I have said this. Dismissed. Yeah. Is what she's saying. The, think, fire, think, the firefight principle. Yes. And I think that that's the, the basic, the, the tenet of it is that um, that their friendship has now ended as well, I think. Mm. Like, you really feel at the end, she sort of, she stands yeah. up. It's very good uh, blocking. She yeah. stands up. They've been sitting down on the couch. Yeah. Stands up. She walks behind her desk. Yeah. She puts her fingers very yeah. um, deliberately on the on the desk and, and authoritatively and and tells him what's what. And it's just and he immediately also stands up to attention, yeah. stops being relaxed. Yeah. And it's just it is a really it, they've really physic they've acted it really well. Yeah. It's been directed really well in that regard. Yeah, she's a terrific actress. Oh, she's fantastic. She's just a terrific actress. This dude chews up the scenery in everything she's in. Like it's just it is really hard for anybody else to 
be good in a scene with her almost because she's so she's got such a commanding presence. Yeah. Such a great look. Um She's so stunningly beautiful. Yeah. And that's her own look too. I think I saw her interviewed where she was like, um, they didn't think they wanted to use me because I didn't look feminine enough because I had my hair really short at the time. Mm. Um, and so she was only ever meant to be in a couple of episodes. Wow. But yeah. everyone loved her so much yeah. that she had she's to be just in. too good. She She's had to be in everything. She did. Um, so, yes. I think anyway, that's our... Yeah, um, we're just, we're just going to... Waxing wax. lyrical about Jacqueline Pierce. And, and so fabulous. Um, and then, oh, then my notes end because then we sort of head back to... Um, the Liberator and they're intercepting stuff from the cipher machine. Stop yeah, well, we get that. We get this little bit. Um, we get we get Servite oh, meeting Travis. Travis turns up, which yes. is and this is also another recurring character who is amazing. Um, he's a very tall man in black leather. He's obviously very powerful. He's got one side of his face behind a sort of plastic mask, an eye patch thing, which... and um, she chats to him for a little bit about the fact that he's meant to be destroying Blake and there's a lovely little bit where she just hands over paper orders. Yeah, yeah, piece of paper saying, here are your orders. And she says, destroy Blake, and he says... These are your orders. Destroy Blake. Depend on it. Um, he's a very convincing actor too, and um, I saw him interviewed as well in something, and he doesn't continue on in the role beyond season one, I think. No, he's out, he's out by the end of season um, one. But he's replaced by another actor who's also... It's also good. I don't. Oh, he's I, good. I, I prefer. I prefer Stephen Grief. I've got to say. I think it's pronounced Grief, um, even though it looks like Grief. Um, G R I E F. Um, he yeah. He's in lots of things from back in the day. Um, I don't think I've seen him in any Midsummer Murders. Although I might Wikipedia and he, see he was actually main character in something. I think. Uh, Life and Loves of a She Devil. He was um, played opposite. Whatever her name was, he was the he was the, he was the plastic surgeon. Yeah, that's that right. That was back in the BBC. This is not the recent ones. It's the BBC version from years from ago. ages ago with, with Patricia, what's his name? Patricia Hodge and, and Tom um, Baker, isn't it? Tom Baker is the priest, and um, the guy who plays the the guitar. Write the theme tune. Sing the theme tune. Oh, write the theme tune. Sing the theme tune. Dennis Waterman. Dennis Waterman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I? That's from Long Britain. Sing the theme tune. He's Dennis in his little teeny chair. That's funny, that stuff in Little Britain. I'm not a fan of some of the Little Britain stuff anymore, but I still do love. I love that. I love Scratch Wood Scratch. Oh, yes. That's a two percenter. Scratch Wood. I won. Oh, I won. Yeah, so he. They have a little interaction, and you can see there that there's a lot of respect on both sides from Sevillane and Travis as well, I think. I think she's doing a big power play on him. I think she's really manipulating his hatred of Blake. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and what transpires is back on the Liberator, if we're back there yet, they overhear that, you know, pro, they overhear a having message linked going up, in. Having managed oh, to somehow compatibly link up their, yeah. the, the cipher machine. Yeah. Um, with a, have a, few, a few AV cords. Yeah, that's right, a few AV um, mail plugs. Um uh, they hear that Space Commander Travis is coming into Space Command headquarters and Blake has like, very... <gasps> um, well, not exactly. He says, I thought he was dead. I'm yeah, sure I'd kill sure him. I'd kill him. He has a meltdown. Yeah. Oh, no, he has, well, a... He, has a, he has He looks shocked. Yeah. And, and it, it's obviously evoking something in him. Yes. I was sure I'd killed him and yeah. that was a nice little line because then they cut to um, 
back to Travis, who says, yeah, I, I, he's had his hand shot off by Blake. And reconstructed. And he and Serverland have a little discussion about the fact that that was Blake's fault. We don't go into too many details. Yeah. And then we go back to the... So oh, we're getting... No, before, before that, when he's talking about his hand, it doesn't trouble me in your name by that you mean. It's just a trouble, troubling reminder of the man who is responsible for it is still alive. Yeah. And then you learn that he's had a, um, a refit done where it's got a, a, a gun, gun, gun in his hand. And um, there's a really cool thing that he says, and what about your eye, what about your eye patch? You know, why didn't you let them finish you off as in, to, you know, get make, put you back the way you were? And he's like, I'm not a decorative, you know, office officer. I'm a, I'm a soldier. I don't need to be, you know, made. Don't need to be pretty. Put, don't need to be pretty. Um, and she said, well, you're certainly not pretty. But she doesn't say pretty. She says, you're certainly not decorative. And, yeah. And he says, you find it repulsive? And she says, I find it unpleasing. Yeah. I don't think that's a really nice way of saying... You're certainly not decorative. You find it repulsive. I find it unpleasing. You know, nothing bothers me too much. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I, don't, I don't really need to commit. I'm not revolted. I'm not, I, don't I, don't have, really I don't have strong emotions. Yeah, I don't I need just to commit have... to feeling strongly about anything. Okay, so that's that. And then it cuts back to Blake. Oh, yes, the man on Kill 30 is my friends. I'll remember him. Yeah, we get, a, we get a bit more detail about what happened um, when he got killed in that uh, Travis hid in the meeting place for three days. That's right. And that's important later on. Um, so they were, they were organising some resistance meeting and Travis um, had been hiding there for three days even though they'd been keeping a watch on it to make sure it was secure. And that was his strategy. His strategy is to basically... Strategy was to get there first, yeah. Stake and, and, be, and be, the, be a surprise element. Um... And then we Travis, shot. Then we go to Kentaro again. Yeah, Travis turns up on Kentaro in record time before Callie's even recovered consciousness, and they find um, he kicks a few people's asses for starting to tidy up without cataloging everything. He wants everything cataloged in twenty hours, and then he um, that will take months. So if it's possible that all the guys is and he says I want it done in twenty hours. Get moving, go. A couple of guys out of the room. Yeah, just, he's certainly showing who's boss. Yeah, he's being pretty aggressive. And then, um, then do they find Kelly then? Or yeah, he, he, they find Kelly, and um, he goes in and finds her, and she she's she's alive, um, and she was, and uh, the other guy says she was lucky, and then Travis says, no, she wasn't. Yeah, and um, she'll pull through, all right, sir. She's lucky. <laughs> no, we are. Her luck ran out when she didn't die. Oh, that's right. Then we get the great scene with Travis looking at Blake porn. Yes, I thought it looked like seventies porn face. It was fabulous. He goes it's back. To... I feel a bit embarrassing even talking about it. Also, he's back at Space Command. It took him two seconds to get there. Yeah, again, distances um, mean nothing. Although she had to be ready in two hours to get back to Space Command, and um, they get her back to Space Command, and so he's just looking at pictures of Blake's face where it looks like it. I don't even want to say. I feel a bit. It's an O face. Yeah, it's not okay. <laughs> and he's sitting in. He's sitting it's in It's an not okay face, and he's just looking at pictures of Blake's face. And Servan comes in and says, shouldn't you rest now? And um, I don't know, what are they, plot, 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 what do they do? Oh, actually, I, think, <laughs> I don't know what exactly... What the point of that scene was. That might be the scene where he talks about getting the thing in his hand. Because I think that's when he was seen. That's, oh, that, that's when he right. gets... Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she, he, he doesn't... He's very... He's big-dogging her because he's in her set, his seat. Yeah, that's this. right, isn't he? And he, there's, there's, there's some... But she doesn't seem too fussed about it. It's just that she wants to know what's going on with the Blake porn on her TV. Yeah. She better cut cough my browser I'm, after being I'm, there, mister. I'd be wanting to know the exact thing. That's right. Erase your browser history. 
you feel sitting in my chair. Sitting in my chair. Jerking it to Blake for it. Yeah. Yeah. So gross. So gross. Uh, I know it's because, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Let's not go there. I'm, I am the prude out of the two of us, which doesn't make for very good dick jokes, unfortunately. I'm more the fart joke person. Oh, that's my cool. Boob jokes are good too. Uh, boobs, boob jokes are good too, yeah. Um, so... And then we, yeah. And then we go back to the Liberator and we find out... We go back, no, we find out that the, the, the cipher machine has been stolen, Travis and um, Serverland find this out because they catalogue everything in the room and they discover that there's no parts of this particular component in the room at all. We, when there should be some, even fragments, yeah. and there isn't anything. Yeah. So they realise that that means the cipher machine's been, been stolen and that means that, that their codes are wide open and Blake can read everything that they are transmitting. And Serverland's all for changing the codes right now. Quick change codes. And Travis is a bit smarter. He says, no, 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 what if we use... Um use the cipher machine to trans well we saw, we transmit something that Blake would want to hear. Hmm. But this is after they found Kelly. After yeah, they found yeah. Kelly. And um so lo and behold, Jenna that- gets a message and she says and calls Blake down and the message is that there's a female prisoner being transported to to be held for treatment and interrogation on Kentaro still. Yes. Still on Kentaro. So and at this point, yeah. Um, they've lost the interceptors, so Blake's like, we're going back together. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, Kelly's being held on Kentro for treatment and interrogation. Yeah. And Blake Decides makes them, to, we have to go back and get yeah. her. Yeah. And when she's there, um, Travis is like, she's there being treated by some medics and... They put her in a flashing machine, don't they? they? Put her in a, yeah, they put her in a, a clip show machine. <laughs> um, and uh, medics are like, yeah, yeah, she's got you know some bruising, some internal stuff going on and she'll be right, she'll be right at some point. And Travis is like, yep, hand her over, off you go, leave her alone. We'll just have to get on with questioning her. And they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. He's like, no, forget it, I don't care, whatever. He becomes yeah. all that bullshit. No, she's now the property, I mean, the concern of the Oh, yes, command. that little property slip is very yeah. interesting, isn't it? Yes, you must thank have you rested. very much indeed, Doctor. You're relieved of your responsibility for the prisoner. She's now the property, the concern of the interrogation division. Um, and so then they torture her and stuff and try and get information out of her and she's clearly the clip show machine is clearly not clip show machine that's not probably a two percenter as well um, um yeah maybe maybe I, I know what it, I know what it is but only recently <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it, it looks like as I said we've, we've seen one before it's the thing that they put Blake in in the first episode it's a torture yeah. it's obviously a torture yeah, machine yeah and a mind erasable yeah. mind probe thing and you see them a bit further on in the thing in the series too um they shove Avalon in one as well. Yeah, they? Avalon's in one for a bit in a couple of episodes' time. And so yeah, you get the impression that um, they take Kelly back down to the planet. And you see Travis down there as well. They're they're obviously waiting for Blake to come. Um, Kelly's in a chair, strapped in with a weird thing on a forehead. I don't even know what that is. Looks yeah, like a lozenge. some sort of torture device. Looks like a lozenge. Mm. Um, or straps all straps all on her head. <laughs> yeah, she's got a big sucky thing. Anyway, and and Travis is very happy about the fact that Blake's going to come in. She's talking to the guard who took off his mask earlier. Yeah. The one that Callie beat up. Yeah. I'm surprised he wasn't fired. Yeah, so am I. Um, but he's talking to the guard and the guard says that Blake's ship came in about 10 hours previously or something like that for a fast run and then Brilliant. went out again. And they surmised that it was a scout, a scouting exercise. Which anyway. which is dumb because they know they've got teleporters. They yeah. know, it's all uh, dumb. Yeah. Anyway, turns out that 
No, that. no, before that, it's like we have, but don't worry, we would be able to detect their teleportation because we've we've hooked up the whole place with the MSD. Oh, that's and right. Like, Some sort of MSD, a molecular shift detector. <laughs> so we'll be able to tell when they teleport. It's like, oh, brilliant. Okay, so they've clearly only hooked that up in the last 35 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, and so then Trevor's like, okay, tell me the instant that the ship comes back in. And he wanders back to see Cat where Callie um, is. And he spins the chair around to gloat, and there's nobody in it. Hey! Because Blake got there first. And Blake points that out. That's a little trick I learned from you, Travis. Yeah. So I got here first. A trick I learned from you, Travis. I got here first. Take his gun, Kelly. But the, t- the ship is not... Um, in teleport range because it's gone away. Mm. Uh, Blake tells Jenna that they're in range. She'll be there in 90 seconds. So he gets a bit of time to blather on at Tra- uh, Travis for a bit. Yeah. And Travis asks him, what are you waiting for? Kill me. And Blake goes into a bit of a tirade about... No, you don't matter enough to kill. I'll always be following you, Blake. It's like, if not you, someone else. And, you know, I'm, you know... So I know, no, that comes I later. I can, in no, that comes oh, in duel. I was in duel. Um, but yeah, he's he's talking about how there's not. If someone's always going to be following me, it may as well be you. You don't matter enough to kill. And Travis gets very, very shitty about that. Um, and he turns around, and obviously Blake doesn't know about the gun hand. Yeah. Because he's doing this sort of thing with his weird thing with his thumb. Is he has to wind it up with his thumb? Yeah, it looks like, or it looks like you know when you do the turtle, you yeah. put your two. Hands on top of each other and just winding it up with his thumb. <laughs> so apparently that's what you need to do to prime it. So wouldn't you just be able to just with the brain thing or just go Poom. anyway? Anyway, think so. Which he does do in other episodes. I'm I sure know. he just shoots stuff, but anyway. But Callie's the one who sort of sees him doing this, and she's like, "Blake, get down!" She works. It's, it's a gun, and, and he... so the hand goes off, and Blake wheels around and whacks him in the hand. Pretty much destroys it, doesn't he? No, not in this episode. It's in that other one. Oh, the other one. We're this one, of. the hands just doesn't seem to be wrecked. It just and hurts. Then everybody's on their on their way, and alarms are going off everywhere. Boop, boop, boop. We're gonna do some drops of the laser alarms. Yeah, going off. the alarms are boop, very boop, annoying. And um, quickly, Jenna, come and get us quickly, quickly, quickly. And, and she does, and they teleport away. As just as the guards are in there, and Travis is like, "Don't worry about me. Take them, get them. Don't stand." There's a beautiful little drop of. He sounds so heartbroken. Doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> About me. We're bringing you up. I order you to take them. Don't stand there, you idiots. Launch the interceptors. <laughs> you got to do a drop of that because it really does <laughs> sound he's like he's crap. about to have a howl. Yeah. <laughs> when his hands hurting, he's lost oh, his favourite Blake. Oh. He's gonna have to go back and watch more porn. Yeah. What's that one? Um, it's in the Lego Batman movie where he's like, um, we might have to cut this out because I'm not, not gonna remember it. But where he's like. Remember. I can't remember. <laughs> the, the Joker in the Lego Batman movie is like, you know, I'm your biggest enemy. It's like, no, no, I hate Superman. And I was like, Superman's a goodie. And it's like, but I like to, I like, I, like, to fi- I like to fight around. I like to fight around. <laughs> the Joker's face just heartbroken. Like, it's like, oh no, you're the worst enemy. Like, that's so much. Like, that's such a gay movie. I love it so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So Blake teleports out, um, and then you get a nice little close up of Travis as the ship flies away, where he where he vows revenge. Run, Blake. Run. As far and as fast as you like. I'll find you. You can't hide from me. I am your death, Blake. 
this is a, that's a classic. You, I have the last bit. I am your death. I am Blake. your death, Blake. <laughs> It's like it is a bit melodramatic. It's great. It's I a love bit. It. O, it's a bit OTT. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. But it's good. And is that the end of the episode? It is the end of the episode. We actually close on. No, no. Oh yeah, yeah. So Blake gets back, and Kelly says thank you, and and then Avon says I'm glad you're all right, which is yeah, which is like of... pretty much she may as well just have snogged up. Yeah, <laughs> say oh, I'm in love with you. Yeah, <laughs> let's have babies now. Exactly. It's the most um, emotional Avon's ever been. And um, then. Kelly's got Travis's gun, which is the least convincing firearm. It looks like something I would have given a two-year-old. Open it in a Christmas cracker. Yeah, it's a Christmas cracker gun. Christmas cracker gun, and um, and why does he need it when he's got the handgun, the gun hand? And it cuts back to Travis at some point too, with a medic's look, a medic's looking at his arm, and he just basically almost punches the medic in the head and gets because he's, he's having a little temper tantrum. Yeah, because he's lost Blake, and so he punch, you know shoves the medic away. Yeah, and then he goes run, Blake, run. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty good. It is good. It's pretty yeah. It's nice, nice chopping and changing back to the ship, and and this is good. It's got a bit of space fighting, a bit of things in space. Yeah, space stations. You've got some good Blake Seven fighting. I don't know if we talked before about. I think we might have had to go and get a beer or something before, but when they first get the cipher device back to the ship, they have a little Blake 7 fight where they're like, you know, you were supposed to get this and oh, you were supposed right. to they do that all the time. You were supposed they? to do that and you were supposed to do this and me, 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 and me, 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 me. You were supposed to disconnect and not tear it loose with your teeth and what the hell, were, and where the hell were you? It's like, <laughs> so you got it. It was close though. Too close. Another few seconds would have all been blown up. Well, it wasn't my fault. Well, whose fault was it? I thought you were supposed to guard the corridor. You were supposed to disconnect that thing, not rely on Gander to tear it loose with his teeth. All right, all right, now calm down. I just love the little Blake 7 fight. So they're so fun. cute. They're like, <laughs> we're all in it. It's aren't, not, yes, aren't we? It's I need the last word in my Blake 7 fight. <laughs> they do that. They, they do that quite a lot. It's great, actually. It's, it's yeah. an interesting way of um, showing the dynamics. Um, and I don't know. It's just funny because we're so used to Star Trek. They're, they're never fight, Nobody ever. fights. Mm. Unless it's sort of John Luke Picard having a big, you know, stirring, outlawing speech to everybody. Yes. Which, you know, nobody would fight with that. You don't deserve to wear that uniform. <laughs> yeah, you don't deserve to wear that uniform. Um, we could we were going to do the... Um, I was going to say, because I've been looking for fan fictions. Mm. So uh, this can be a new segment where yeah. we try and find fan fiction that associates with a particular episode. And in this case, we found one. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's good. It is a good one. I'll just, I will just let you know the details of it. It is. Oh, where did I put it? Here. Um, it's called The Fool Who Follows by Hermit Library Archivist. Now, that's not no. actually who it's by. It's by oh. someone called Jean Graham. Um, now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Archive of Our Own. You probably, some of you are. I know some of the people in the in the Blake 7 group write fanfic of their own. Good um, stuff. But this is from way, way back when. We, there was uh, originally a fanfiction archive um called hermit.org it's a like seven library and And this one was published in 2008 yeah um and people have been transporting old fan fiction basically to the the newest platform which is archive of our own um because a lot of there's some legal issues with fan fiction there always has been there's some um people who hate it like Anne rice and who sue people who oh, try and write it. Um, the other person who doesn't like it is George R. R. Martin. I think he doesn't like fan fiction either. Isn't he a bit of a dick anyway? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, Sorry, not to offend any George R. R. Martin look, fans. Look, I, I, I mean, having grown up reading fantasy fiction and 
It's just it doesn't really. But I also just having having being a lawyer and having studied intellectual property law, I'm very much on the side of. Yes, you've got to pay artists for their work, but also there should be an intellectual common of, you know, ideas and fair use should be a big thing. Well, the, and thing, about, the thing about fan fiction, that it, the people who write it are not getting paid. Exactly. They're not profiting from your... No, no, your that's right. IP, and um, as someone who's written a lot in my time, it's a very therapeutic thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> and it's absolutely. Fun. If you love a world, why not write about it? Exactly. And practice your skills as a writer. So, so this is just... These are views coming out. These are our views. They're also views. I mean, I, I'm a published, not to toot a to, 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 to horn, I'm a published writer myself, but I also write fan fiction. I enjoy doing both. And for fan fiction, I write for me. My mm. original fiction, I write for other people. So it's 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 a, it's an interesting um, little thing that bears a lot of discussion, although probably not as much discussion as we're giving it right now. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, this is called the fool, the fool Who Follows, and it's an alternative universe of sequel take the story where instead of Callie being captured, Avon is captured. Um, and I found it specifically looking for the tag sequel take destroy on archive of our own and had a little read and it's very it's good. good. It's yeah. really good. And um, I recommend it to anyone who wants to have a look at the actual story itself. But um, my sister's gonna read a little bit of it for yeah, you guys. And look now. I, I read through this and what struck me about how good it was was that um, everything was in the exact voice of the characters that we love. Like, it, Villa sounds like Villa, Callie sounds like Callie, Jenna sounds like Jenna, Blake sounds like Blake, even though we've only... We don't really know them that well yet. No, but I don't. This well, I think the person who's written this has seen, has all, seen the series, all of so, it. Yeah. But yeah, so maybe they were a bit of an advantage. But even viewing this thus far, it sounds really convincing. It's also... Um, oh, it's a cafe. Um, yeah, okay, no, it's all good. Um, okay, I better get this done because one of the dogs... I'm, I'm making Megan read this because, um, because I'm trying to pull her into fan fiction, basically. Right. So, okay. It's, it's, it's a subtle plan where I emotion. try to make her read my fix, basically. Right. <laughs> okay. And I haven't read things aloud to a big audience. Well, I don't know, what is our audience, do you reckon about ten? I think we've got at least ten, yeah. yeah. Okay, we've got a couple of, a couple of mates. Okay. I, I listen to it. Yeah, I listen to it too. Us too. <laughs> <laughs> so we can listen to ourselves reading some fan fiction. Okay, so this we're about we're about the point in the story where they get um, Callie back. So and instead of Callie, this is Avon. Um, no sooner had they solidified than a grinning villa darted around the console toward them. He stopped short, noting their expressions and the gun in Blake's hand, and stammered a nervous, "Oh, uh." We're already leaving the system. Jenna said to tell you, and I'm glad you're. That is, I'm. Whatever sentiment he'd intended to express evaporated in the heat of Avon's glare. Villa swallowed and fled the room without another word. Was that necessary? Blake queried with forced calm. Avon unclamped the bracelet and dropped it with a deliberate thud into the rack. I have little tolerance for idiots, he breathed. Villa's no idiot. I was referring to you. (laughs) It was just, I I really loved it. I love this fic just because it was so in character and gave and us a lot of inner, inner, inner Avon thoughts, which are always lots of fun. And actually, like that's a sort of that's a tropey thing that happens with Avon as we go down the down the down the path. He um, it, the scripting anyway. The scripting is amazing. It, it leads you one way and then brings you back another way. There's a lot of misdirection in yeah. how Avon reacts to things. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to say that back when I was a kid, uh, I had a lot of um. I had a lot of Blake Seven novelizations. Oh yes. Did you have those as well? Did you read them as well? 
No, I only read the Paul Darrow one. Which was... Oh, uh, God, I love Paul Darrow, but let's it. not talk about it. Yeah. I think I think we can maybe talk about it. Oh, I don't know when we talk about it. I, um, I haven't got a copy of it anymore. You know, I looked for it online. Paul, Paul Darrow wrote an Avon a prequel. novel, which was, which was a prequel, and um, I bought it. Um, I think I, I had it at one point. I think I actually... She's still got it fine, because we need to do some readings of that I think well. I actually thrown it away. I hope I didn't throw it away, because I looked for it online, and it cost a fucking fortune. Really? Yeah, there was only one edition, and it was 300 bucks. <gasps> You're kidding. No. <laughs> So I was like, between oh, that and the Silverland, we could be fucking we could millionaires. Genuinely, quit our jobs. <laughs> fucking hell. Anyway, oh well. There were a couple of novelizations made of the series, and the to be to be utterly frank, the characterizations were terrible in them. And the the fan fiction I have read have has universally been better than the novelizations were. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I agree with that just based on reading this bit of fan fiction. It's really good. That's your first. Is your, that's your you've lost your fan fiction. Go. My fan fiction cherry. Yes. Gross. Gross. So Megan, <laughs> too many things have been gross about this podcast. <laughs> it's only meant to be drunker for this. <laughs> um, Megan, 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 yes, Megan, yes, Megan. Yes, yes, yes. Did yes, you yes. have a Brian in this episode? I have to think of a Brian off the top of my head. It's got to be Travis looking at porn, hasn't it? it it's got to be Travis looking at pictures of... In his boss's chair. In his boss's chair. On his boss's yeah, computer. Yeah. It's got to be him going, living his best life, going, <laughs> I'm sitting in my boss's chair, watching porn. <laughs> I've got to say, that's a that's a pretty damn good... Yeah, so we're doing a, a double... A double oh, no, I think no, I had a different one, actually. I'm trying to think of... The, I, I did have one written down, but I've forgotten which one it was. Um, oh, I think it might have been... It was Serverland for her blatant disregard of workplace relations. Yes. <laughs> boffing her subordinates. Yeah. Like, yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. She's totally getting some... She'd be a close runner-up for me. She's getting busy with, yeah, with, yeah. Her, with her inferior yeah. officers. Just, se- just sexually harassing her staff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, willy-nilly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? His name was Ray. Ray. Yeah. But R-A-I, I think, in the credits. Oh, uh, really? I think so. Oh. Uh, anyway. Yeah, no. But yeah. she's not... I mean, the thing is that it's funny because this is the first... I think it's the only indication you get, apart from that one very notable episode later on which we will get, get into more detail with time when remember she... i'd like you to do it again oh you know what but we'll come that's that's an episode called the harvest of kairos like... terrible um effects with the particular creatures that are in it but also that is paul darrow's least favorite episode i saw it in an interview really like yeah it's his least favorite episode. maybe because, because he's not much in it well maybe it focuses on tarrant mm, and now it no, focuses on that other guy that yeah, it's a, somebody in it who's more of a butch macho figure than him. I think. I don't know. Well, Darrow's not. I would not have put Avon as a butch macho figure. <sighs> I don't know. I'm not sure what he's going for. Yeah, another am I really? Okay. Well, yeah. In any case, Serverland doesn't have much of a sexuality until. It, it, this is the only time we see it, really. I think until we get to that episode again. If they don't count. The you don't count dresses. the way she dresses, but that's, I mean, I don't count the way she dresses. That's no, that's, that's you calculated. Shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, and you should. It's calculated that. for that and particular that's, effect. That's really good in that you don't, you shouldn't count the way a woman dresses about what her sexual appetite is. She might dress, you can dress however you want. Mm. You shouldn't judge men for the way they dress, or people who are trans for the way they dress yeah. about what their sex life's like. It's 
one is just, you know, it's not necessarily an expression of that. So what do we have coming up next, Megan? Oh, God, I can't remember. Hang on. I can't remember. Like it starts with... It starts, you've only had one beer. It starts with M. Mission to Destiny? That's the one, yeah. Oh, this is a really good one. And there's some rampant, nasty sexism... Well, not sexism. There's really nasty physical assault at the end of it. Oh, yes. Really bad. It is. But apart from that, this is one of my fabs. It's a great one. Yeah. I really love it. Just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a simple murder mystery in space. Um, like you could do a how to host the murder of it. Actually, that's a really good idea. Mm, Except that we know who did it. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be the person who did it. When have we got to be really good about not giving away who did it? And we'll and go watch the episode. <laughs> yeah, go watch the episode. And we won't give away who did it until the end of the next podcast. Yeah, if, um, every spoiler. If we do spoilers, I'll beat them out. Yeah, we'll all spoil it. Well, they had to do that with one of our other favourite podcasts because they did spoil or alert, you know, a death in Dead Space Nine. Um, in yeah, but um, but I mean, you know, hey, I mean, that's the thing. Dead Space Nine goes forever. You know, you also, it's been 20 years, so it's not really yeah. a spoiler, is it, anymore, well, I suppose? Thing too, For, it's, it's been 40, 40 years. years. Okay, I'll tell you who did it. It was. No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to, because it is actually... Oh, look, it's... I've read a lot of... Mis- I've, like One of my things, I like mystery writing as well. And here come the dogs. Oh, can God. The, the dog... Today's been just... Oh, we have cut out large amounts of this podcast. Because, because the these two have dogs have been maniac, fucking maniacs. maniacs. And I've been wandering off to supervise them. Because she's an anxious dog mother and she can't leave the puppy to sort it out. anxious, full stop. I didn't have quite enough medication before I came today. (laughs) Um, Drink more of that beer. I have some more beer. I have some beer. But um, love my mystery writing. Love mysteries. This is why I love Midsummer Murders. And this is why I know how many actors from Black Seminar have been Midsummer Murders. Um, uh, And you, dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Cloud. (laughs) Um, That's a two percenter as well. Um... (laughs) Oh, God. I'll tell you what the 2% is later. You'll love it, actually. You'll I don't even know it. what it is. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's probably even less than a 2%. Um, so, I love a good mystery, right? And I did not see this one coming. There are some big plot holes in it. Um, As with most things. But it's still pretty good. And, and the actual device that gives it away in the finish is good, you know? It's kind yeah, of good. They, they did a good setup. I don't, and is, it, it, is it a Terry Nation episode? I think it is. Yeah, they all are. But it's good because it's also a good Avon episode. It's, it's also great a good Kelly episode, yes. who I really like. Um, There's some fantastic ancillary characters in this. Like, this is the first one, I think, where we get um, just these guys never show up again, unfortunately. But, mm. the, but the, the supporting cast are oh, fabulous. Good? Yeah, they are. Every single one of them is great. Um, yeah. We've got we've got a few favourites. And there's a good um, Midsummer Murders crossover in this one. And this is not really a spoiler. The guy who's the main ancillary the character. Well, not the main one, but a very important character in terms of like unfolding the plot and being uh, important. Um, he is his name in the in this is Doctor Kendall. And in Midsummer Murders, he plays the pathologist in Midsummer Murders. He's great. He's great in Midsummer Murders. He's great in this. Makes me happy. Makes yeah. me happy when my, my when the streams cross like this. I just like I like because I, I I I'm a background watcher of um, mysteries. So yeah, I yeah no, I'm really into it. I'm I don't like the violent ones, and this is why I'm such a Midsummer Murders fan because it's very rarely gruesome. Um, uh, I can just about handle things like 
Silent Witness and stuff like that. I'm but a big fan that, of Rosemary and Thyme. Oh, yeah, Rosemary and Thyme's the best because there's no violence at all. And lots of gardening. And lots of gardening. <laughs> and they are so lesbians. I'm That's sorry. Such a sh- I know, they, they lie in bed, in twin beds next to each other, drinking wine. They're like, yeah. Aren't gorgeous? <laughs> <laughs> Just sit them down in front of me so we're making watch. Yeah, here's the trade-off. You can look at cute photos of our dogs and watch some Blake Seven. Okay. Okay, now I'm gonna do some housekeeping. Oh yeah. I think we've just spent I don't know how much of we've it just has been left in. on for hours. It's, oh, what, no, it's not that long. An hour and ten minutes. We usually only go for about forty. But um yeah, we've just crept on for ages and ages about our dogs, about murder mysteries, about freaking lesbians, everything. Everything. Yeah. Boobs. Boobs. Mm. Um but I'm gonna do some housekeeping now and say thank you to Jeff. Loved big disco band for our theme song. R- RSVP. RSVP. R- Jeff Love, you are yeah. a very talented gentleman. Yeah. Um, I'd like to thank Claire Fass, who you can find at www.patreon.com forward slash Claire Fass, C L A I R E F A S, who did our logo uh, and is currently doing a massive big commission for me of something else, which I cannot wait to see. She is fantastic. Um, if you want any art done at all or any logos, as I've said before, she's very, 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 very professional. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit drunk. Um, Megan, okay. how do I get in touch with you? You can or you can't, at uh, if you don't want to, at Megalula, M-E-G-A-L-U-L-A, um, on Twitter. Um, our Gmail address is... Classicallyawful at gmail.com. Um, Imogen's at Imogen Writes. On Twitter, and um, we also have a Tumblr, which I keep forgetting to mention. Although, oh, yeah. um, I don't even know how to use Tumblr. Yeah, well, Tumblr's for the, for, the, for the youngins. Um, yeah, I'm very old. I just have a Tumblr because it's a nice it's a nice little blogging platform, and if you want to get in touch with me or us, you can also get in touch with us through Tumblr. That's have we easy. looked to if there's anything at the Gmail address yet? Yeah, yeah, I, I check Is it every stuff day. on there? I check it every day. Is there anybody in there? Has anybody emailed us? Oh my god, dogs. What are you... I don't want to thank my dog. <laughs> yeah, no, the dogs have been absolute nightmares. Yeah, because they've been absolutely terrible today. Um, oh, Cosmo. For fuck's sake. Dude, he's getting actually worse. Like, he's gone mental. Yeah, I don't I was, know. Was just... He could be just going through a real adolescent phase. Yeah, you know what? It could just be a growth spurt. Yeah. Okay, so we finished we got the Tumblr bit in Tumblr, there. Um, uh, so has anybody emailed us at all? We get notifications when we get new patrons, and I get notifications when people follow us on Twitter. Have we got any patrons? <laughs> got two patrons. <laughs> Three if you count me. <laughs> and I have well, I'm not a patron yet. Yeah, you fucking get on that, dude. I know. Um, yeah, so and we have... Uh, this is a lead... God, dogs... This is a lead into saying we also have a Patreon if you'd like to uh, sponsor us. We have a variety of rewards. If you sponsor us at $1, then you get access to episodes a day early. Um, if you sponsor us at $5, you get access to a few special episodes. We've got one special episode. We've already got one in the can. Um, of and several more planned. Listening, watching, watching the web, getting drunk and eating cheese. It's yeah, pretty good. That was fun. Uh, then above that, we've got other rewards such as t-shirts, uh, opportunities to chat with us through Discord. 
um, or see our production notes as they are. I mean, as mine are in yeah, pink at the yeah, moment, but you know. And um, like we've got lots of other ideas, like because we're getting lots of double ups of cards, so we can actually maybe send out some cards send to out people. Some cards. We've got double ups of cards. Yeah. So yeah, and we have we have, have lots of other ideas. We've got lots of I've got lots of really good reward ideas. I've got a guy who will make t-shirts. So as soon as we get a patron. Um, who, uh, who, who, who gives who us, 10, gives bucks us a month. ten bucks a month? We'll make you a t-shirt. We'll make you a t-shirt. We'll make you just. The, we'll make a few. We'll make some for, we'll us, make some for us and make all of our friends <laughs> win. <laughs> we can't vlog them, but we will get a little run of t-shirts made mm -hmm. with our logo on it. And Maybe our logo on the front and the Blake Seven proper logo on the back. I don't know. If, yeah, we'll see how we can, we can do with property rights and stuff. I think we're okay. Forty years. Years. It's been 40 years, yeah, I think that they didn't change the rules until a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. there was a grandfather. But anyway, somebody had to be really mean to sue us as well, or to stop it, because basically we're all about promoting Black 7 as well as a podcast, because it's a great, fabulous, wonderful, beautiful show. We love it. We love it so much. Um, uh, thanks for listening and joining us, and sorry about the dogs today. Yeah. The sound quality is getting progressively better as time goes on, because we're, we're working on it. learning how to use Audacity, but we are poor, so we can only afford cheating microphones when I get rich again, um, I might get us some, a mixer and shit like that, because apparently that's what you do. I went to this website and told me how to do podcasts, and they told me I was doing Oh, I don't know. Well, I said they would just do them on their phones. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's because I listen to other podcasts, and I feel like... Well, we I, listen to very well-produced we podcasts, but, you know, it, uh, we're about quality content and not, <laughs> not quality listening quali no, and not you know listening pure listening pleasure <laughs> that's what we're all about isn't it we're about dogs basically and we're about dogs. just about dogs dogs and beer really mm. like okay i will we'll see you again next week have a lovely lovely week ding ding bye, bye.